Welcome to episode number 124 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games, an audio blog about video games, something you listen to, where we talk about video games. My name is Cole Ross, and I am your host, and I am joined over Skype today by... Ben Merkel. Thank you so much, Ben. Yeah. The others could not join us, so it's just going to be the two of us here, but that doesn't mean it's going to be any less action-packed. We're going to uh, continue with the awesomeness. What do we have in store for you here today? Well, we have some quick hits. There's uh, some stories about piracy and international intrigue and... And not the Somalian kind. No, no, this is... <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, so that the quick hits, there's some, there's some pretty big stuff happening, uh, different from the things we usually talk about. Um, we're going to talk about what, what we've been playing, which is, which, is, uh, which is pretty cool, and then who knows after that. So uh, rather than delay this any further, we're going to take a quick little breath. Oh, you're holding yours. I should no. have held mine. I should have held mine. I'm <laughs> I, sorry. I, I exhale very quietly. Here's some music. <laughs> That's some music. It is now time for the quick hits portion of our program where we talk about things that are happening in the world of, as Hank Hill would say, Vigi Games. Um, let us start now. So the first quick hit. Uh, is about a study that was done at Copenhagen Business School that found a correlation between uh, piracy of video games and the score of a video game. And by score, I mean how well it was rated uh, at different websites. And so uh, in this study in particular, they used Metacricket. Metacricket. Metacricket, yeah. (laughs) You know, those sounds... But okay. everywhere. Anyway, Metacritic. Uh, they use the Metacritic scores to base uh, how popular a game was, and then they uh, they uh, which BitTorrent they use the BitTorrent to find out how many downloads that 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 video game had in a given three month time period. Um, and so they found a correlation. Fallout New Vegas, uh, being the number one most downloaded game, uh, had an eighty three point seven percent average score on Metacritic. While Tron Evolution was the worst rated game, and it had only about five hundred thousand downloads, yeah. so it was about maybe a little bit on a little bit over half as much as Fallout New Vegas. Right, and it's 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 interesting to note that even though Tron was the worst rated, it wasn't the it wasn't the worst like, downloaded. It wasn't the worst downloaded. There's a full list. Uh, it's a it's a blog post at torrentfreak.com. But uh, the researcher said that you know Metacritic scores explain ten percent of the variance in unique peers per game on BitTorrent. So I'm going to put, um, since there's just two of us, let's just put three minutes on the clock and see what happens. If I, if we need to extend it, we'll extend it. Okay. But, uh, so yeah, uh, people like to download good games and not pay for them. Yeah. I'm not really too surprised by this. Like, it seems like, well, yeah, the popular games are going to be the one, ones that get downloaded the most, right. you know, but I would like to see how that would actually be related to, you know, do you see the same variance, um, in games that are purchased, right? Sales numbers. Is there, you know, a 10% variance in, you know, purchases, 
right? Yeah, yeah. As compared, I know that there, are, you know, there are factors. You know, things come out at different price points. You know, the worst downloaded game on there was Sims was uh, Sims Three Late Night, um, and that was you know that was a, a, a thirty five forty dollar game as opposed to most of the others, which were sixty. That's right? yeah. That was something I was going to bring up. Is I think this kind of hits on the fact that like most reviews are also dependent upon like what level of a game it is. You know, if it's like a triple A title. I mean, it's probably not going to get too far below an 8.0, you know, like out of 10. Right. Uh, and, yeah. So, I mean, it's, and if it's a fans of the genre game, which will get between, you know, 6 and 7, then, you know, all bets are off, kind of. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But if it's if it's like a, a mini game that only costs 10 bucks, like, that's not going to get too high of a high of a rating you know like, right but but you know it, it would also be kind of kind of strange to see like how this applies to other markets because they're looking at console games here mm-hmm. i'd like to i'd like to see if anybody's keeping track of like who's pirating like iphone games or even who's pirating you know pc games right yeah like yeah like, like plants for zombies or angry birds or whatever yeah i mean these these massively popular games that you know in all reality have more sales than anything on the console ever could you know albeit at a smaller price you know how much something is charged you know how much they're charging for something doesn't really relate to how much you're going to uh you know how good of a product it. it'll be right yeah I guess, <laughs> I guess i guess that's what i'm trying to say without knowing how that sentence is going to end um, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it always fun to start a sentence and not know where how yeah. it's going to end yeah it's a it's it's a cliffhanger every word is a cliffhanger but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, piracy is more of a concern, but, you know, another thing, like copy protection, something is something in there. StarCraft, I think, was ranked number six, even though StarCraft 2, rather, was ranked number six, even though it is one of the better reviewed games on the list, if not the best reviewed game. However, because Blizzard, you know, requires you to sign in to Battle.net in order to even launch the game, I'm wondering, you know, how much that had to do with that not being, you know, on the list. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And you have to wonder, you know, is this flattering for the for the, for the developers? We have the most pir- oh, pirated game. On Whoops. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, but at least pirates have good taste. They got they got Fallout New Vegas, so that's good. <laughs> Game's cheap now, though. There's no reason for it. No reason I- at all. Now, in upsetting international news, it turns out that North Korean dictator Kim Jong Il had organized a team of thirty hackers, all of which were dedicated to farming Korean MMOs for in-game currency, which would be sold with the profits going towards drug trafficking, arms trafficking, and, um, unfortunately, nuclear arms. Whoops. Um, in total, the operation made about $6 million U.S. dollars, all of which went, or half of which, rather, went to the hackers themselves for their tedious, tedious work. Um, this was brought to light in an intelligence report done by South Koreans uh, and the United States following a bust of the hacking group. So they're no longer active, uh, which was being organized by a communist agency named, ominously enough, Office 39, and being run in conjunction with agents in northern China. So I now have to change my the plot of my James Bond script, um, because that is what that involved. Um, <laughs> no longer can you use Office 39. <laughs> right, right. That's, that's such a cool name. Right? I know. That's a really cool front yeah. name. Let's, let, let's put three minutes on the clock and talk about how awesome that name was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else are you going to talk about? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no. 
Well, I mean, this is this is something we you know we we, we breach every once in a while. Is like last week with the Diablo three uh, discussion, talking about you know how interesting it is that you know these the, these in game items have a real world economy that are that are you know kind of like uh, bubbling up around them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and it's weird. Just the week after that, this leads us into into a time where video games arguably could be used to undo the world. Right. What do you mean by that? I mean helping them fund or helping North Koreans fund nuclear research and uh, you know, yeah, uh, it's 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 not a it's not an especially stable country. Uh, let's, yeah. let's let's say this. But, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. So that means all the all the people who cried foul about video games were right. <laughs> Damn it. Oh. Uh, but uh man that's how do you think that again going back to how the developers feel how do you think that the developers of those games feel i mean gold farming is a bad thing for any for any uh mmo but damn yeah i you know and that's it's something that was always found ludicrous is the idea of paying real money for fake money and and a fake you know like in a fake world you know what i mean like i I don't know. I've never I've never been a big DLC guy as you know. And so yeah. that concept's always been pretty bogus to me. So mm-hmm. Well, I mean this is this is different from like DLC because you know this you know purchasing DLC gives you more game to play whereas yeah. I was I was thinking more of the downloadable content like uh like uh I think um What's it called? Uh, Dead Space. How you can buy, pay like three bucks and get a black gun. Uh, <laughs> get a black, you know. Yeah, you know, and it's still young, especially on the console side. But yeah. it's 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 weird because I can think of I can think of games where you know, like not you know, pay five dollars for this much in-game currency or whatever. But I could think of games where I would like to be able to customize something. You know, like if I could, uh, like especially like Minecraft, if they had microtransactions put into that for. You know, you, you like put in and make your own like insignia or flag or get your own, you know, like retexture a block. I know all of that's free in, in in Minecraft, but there are games where it's just it, it becomes less about this is me wanting to, you know, this is me wanting a black gun and more about I would like to support the developer and this is a way to do it. Yeah. You know, so there's that. Um, EA doesn't really need it. Um, and apparently neither do these Korean MMO people. But <laughs> yeah. Who and this comes like there was actually another story. Apparently, Chinese like prison camps. They would actually they were having um, prisoners play WoW um, for gold to sell, like as a way to you know like think like the equivalent of stamping license plates. Yeah. So you know WoW being used as torture by uh, by a notoriously <laughs> unscrupulous government. Uh, <laughs> I like that's that seems so outlandish though because it's like. How could you? T- I don't know. I, that, like that—that's surprising me. That you'd think that that would be more profitable than, as he said, doing other things like yeah, stamping license plates or yeah. you know, like I don't know. Ah man, economics—the dismal science, Ben. This is this is the dark world or the darker <laughs> side of the video games. I know the underbelly of the video game yeah, world. Yeah, this is just oh man, blood and money. Yeah, blood and money. Now let's go to the lighter side. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about something that's pretty innocuous. <laughs> Gamefly. They're adding unlimited PC play. Yay. Whatever. Hey. Um, 
So they announced uh, they're going to they're gonna have a PC client program which will allow free and unlimited play for a number of PC and Mac games available on the service. And the program is going to enter beta on September 8th with hundreds of titles being available and more will come in the coming months. Um, so they have no intention of offering PC-only subscription, so you're going to have to get the whole bundle package. But, um, but yeah. It should be it should be active by this holiday season. So yeah. So what what think you, Mister Ross? What say me? I'll put three minutes on the clock again. That seems to work for us. Um, I think that's pretty neat. I think it's a definite shot across Steam's bow. Um, <laughs> I, I I can't think of any other online service that would be relevant or comparable. But uh, man, that that I I don't. Um, there has to be i'd like to see what the negotiation is to like where like where they'll what they'll say to a publisher they can play your game for you know for what is free you know after they pay us you know this fee how much are they kicking to the to the publishers over that because there it doesn't seem like there's an awful lot for these for these people to gain if yeah. if we're talking about like oh i'm going to play crisis for you know this many dollars yeah, you know, yeah, per month sure. is like you you can you can only have one active at a time. I mean, this is something that uh, oh my gosh, do you remember GameTap? No, I do. I do not. GameTap was a very similar service. You you know you paid a you paid a like a five dollar ten dollar a month subscription fee, um, and you got access to a bunch of old uh, PC and console games, um, okay. and actually some like fairly recent ones too. Like they they like they had a rotating stable of like Psychonauts and Beyond Good and Evil that you could that you know that you could pay you know that you could play for this, and it was really just you know a way for you to play these games. Um, they eventually made it free, and then they went out of business. But it, this is a, a strikingly similar kind of thing okay yeah so so i mean i know you're not too much of a pc gamer but would something like this interest you pull me back into the world of gamefly because I, I had a, a gamefly account last summer for i think about three months yeah and i played pretty much all the games that i had not played that i had wanted to mm-hmm. um but after about three months uh, there wasn't a whole lot out that i wanted to play that i had missed so right and then, um, and then you're taking stuff out and holding on to it just out of obligation because I might as well use the service. Yeah, I mean, I once once I ran out of things to play, I was pretty quick to end it. But um, I honestly, I don't think this would pull me back. But again, you know, I'm kind of I kind of have pigeonholed interests. So right, I don't That's know. Just, it's it's weird. I, I had GameFly for a, for a summer once too, but it was a very similar situation to yours. Yeah. Um, you know, for 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 me, economically, it makes sense to buy the games that I want rather than pay twenty dollars a month. You know, because because I do end up you know playing games that I already own for long stretches of time. So yeah, yeah. That and I really like owning things. Uh, but you do you do have a lovely collection, Cole. Yeah, it's nice, right? I like mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> but I, I don't know. This might I, I just think, I think their choice to not make it you know PC only is a little bit telling. Because, you know, for a while, Netflix, you know, they were doing the streaming, but then they offered that, and now it's practically mandatory. Like, the the streaming stepped up to the forefront. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I got rid of my disc because I, uh, uh, literally, I was holding on to one DVD. I got it back in November, and I just mailed it out. (laughs) And that was only because I canceled my disc. Yeah. (laughs) And I've I've heard stories similar to that as well. So... Oh, well, I love Netflix. You know, I don't mind giving them money because I do utilize the streaming. But, uh, man, this stuff changes so fast because only only two years ago that that would not have been the case. 
Yeah. Ah, well. It is pretty crazy, yeah. Like, things like Hulu that have sprung up and just weren't even around a couple of years ago. Yeah. So. I don't really think any exciting times. I guess so. Yeah. So what do we got? Are we doing what you've been playing? Yeah, we're going to do what we've been playing. Do you have anything? I do. Okay, cool. So I'm going to have you laid off because I don't have much. I just have a bunch of weird stuff. Okay. okay. Yeah, I just I just got one thing. I uh, I beat Ballad. Well, oh, wait. But, well, sorry. I've got to introduce yes. stuff. Yeah. Hey, Ben, I got a question for you. What you been playing? Hey, I got an answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I just beat uh, the Ballad of Gay Tony yesterday. Ooh, yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. Yeah, it's a good game. It's a uh, it's the first Grand Theft Auto uh, Grand Theft Auto game I've played in the maybe since San Andreas, where it's like. Let me rephrase that. I'm just going to redo that entire sentence. Okay. It's uh they went back to their roots with this game. Mm. They like. They return to the feeling of Vice City or San Andreas, where the point of the game is to give you a bunch of tools that you can have fun with. So, like, like the hover boots in San Andreas. <laughs> like, you didn't have to do anything with them, but they were there to have fun with, yeah. and it was kind of fun. It was <laughs> kind of fun. Or, like, uh, I don't know, any of the, the small towns in the country in San Andreas. Those were just fun to go to. Whatever. Yeah. You could just go out and go out and find them. You know, because yeah. they were off the beaten path, and there was probably some interesting stuff to see, fun, fun, you know, funny billboards, stuff like you, that. You could find a tractor and get a tractor, and then pick a car up that's behind you and drive it around. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, just fun stuff. Yeah, but that was San Andreas, of course. Mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto Four. I mean, there were some things like that, but I, I feel like it wasn't. A, they tried to take a much more serious tone with the game, right? And so. One of the results of that is it was it wasn't about having fun necessarily. It was about focusing on the characters and you know paying attention to them. I guess yeah, for better or for worse. Nice. Um, but this is definitely a game that's it's more about just having a good time. Mm-hmm. So like the weapons they introduce are pretty fun. There's a shotgun with explosive rounds. Did I tell you? Have I told you about this yet? Nothing, no, I know you haven't. You can shoot down choppers with it. It's fantastic. <laughs> so you just aim up at this guy at a chopper and boom, down it goes. Yeah, you, I mean, you got to give it like maybe three or four shots, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll go down though. And uh, you get a machine gun eventually, and that's fantastic. The amount of power you feel like you wield with that. Like like not like a Tommy gun, but like like a Rambo style M sixty kind of thing? Yeah, like one that you feel like the bullets would have to be fed by a belt, but they're oh. like one of those guns. Yeah. And then you have uh these uh like uh explosives, these like sticky explosives that you can use. And at any time you like when you're driving around you can throw them out the left side of your window. Mm-hmm. So this is especially fun if you go into one of the tunnels in the game, just drive up next to it, throw a bomb on it, and then you can detonate it. It's it's fantastic. You can t- you can time the detonation from within the from within the car. Yeah, you you can you have the detonator, so you just like okay. hold down on the D button, and then uh, and then it'll blow up. <laughs> so 
it's just a yeah. So it's a fantastic game. The missions are pretty fun. Um, actually, in fact, the missions are really fun. They they did a good job of like some of the most of the time. You know, like most of all their missions, what they are is they're teaching you how to play the game. You know, right. like in Grand Theft Auto Four, one of the missions is just you using the camera on your phone. So you know, like right. You know, like simple things like that. You know. And so it's the same sort of idea here, but they definitely made them a lot more fun, a lot more, I guess, blockbustery. <laughs> so um, it's like here's how you skydive. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you do something fun with that. You, I don't. There, there, there's a sense in you know seeing seeing this game's trajectory that this was Rockstar saying, okay, in Grand Theft Auto Four. And, you know, to a certain extent, and the Lost and Damned as well, we we set out to do something and we did it. But now that we know that this is going to be the last piece of content that we put out for, you know, in, in this world or on this platform is, is ultimately what it ended up being. They said, OK, all bets are off. You know, let's, you know, like you said, let's go back to our roots. Yeah. You know. And it is pretty fantastic to see how they evolve as game developers, because like, Everything they add in one game, a lot of it, you know, like a huge amount of it carries over into the next game. So, like, if, you know, like thinking back to like Vice City, like that added on to Grand Theft Auto 3 by having choppers and bikes. Mm -hmm. And then choppers and bikes were in every game after that. You know, like, uh, you know, in Grand Theft Auto 4, they added all these things like cell phones and, uh, I don't know, San Andreas, they added the parachute. You know, it's it's really cool to see how, just thinking back about on all their games, how, they're able to add stuff into this world each time, and then it, it just becomes a more developed and more rich world with each successive game. Yeah. Well, they have you know they have a lot of you know weight on their shoulders because they have they basically invented that genre, and mm-hmm. they have to be its keeper now to yeah. a certain extent. You know the open world kind of thing, and you're right. It's not only like them. Who, you know, like internally, like, oh, we add this feature and it's going to be in their next, you know, it's going to be in the next game. It's also like they put it in and then other people learn from that. I'm not going to say copy because that's, that's, that's cynical. You know, it turns out, you know, just because something is a good idea and somebody else does it, you know, that doesn't mean they're copying. It just means, oh, that's the best implementation for what we're going to do. So, you know, they really are kind of the tastemaker almost, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm curious to see what the what direction they head if they go, if they're gonna do another. I I mean, I assume they're going to Vice City next. You know, like since oh. that's <laughs> if they're gonna if they're gonna you know circle around. I don't know. Like, yeah. I, but I don't know if the next game's gonna be you know Grand Theft Auto Four Vice City or if it's gonna be Grand Theft Auto Five and be well. I mean, somewhere Vice City wasn't even a sequel. It was it was a spinoff, and San Andreas was you know in in strictest terms it was a spinoff, right? So I think that with with, with uh, you know Lost and Damned and Ballad of Gay Tony, they might have already made their their Vice City and their San Andreas. I would be sad if that's the case because I feel like Vice City and San Andreas are standalone games, mm-hmm. whereas I feel like Lost and Damned and Ballad of Gay Tony are bonus content, it, no joke. It, longer bonus content than. The most than most things, but still just bonus content. I forget. I don't know if they've announced Grand Theft Auto Five yet. I um, I don't know either because we haven't heard much of anything from Rockstar North yet. Yeah, my, I'm gonna type on my ridiculously loud keyboard here. One second. Yeah, I'm I'm doing the same thing. Yeah, so at this point, Grand Theft Auto Five or you know the next GTA that has not been announced, but we would 
be um, stupid not to think that it wasn't, you know, something of a something of a, a, a priority for them, you know, down the yeah. line. It's just so weird. You know, it's one of those things where the, the, the longer console cycle is really messing up a lot of stuff because I could understand if Rockstar was was hesitant because, you know, the the the, the, the different number, you know, the, the main entries in the Grand Theft Auto series, those have always been um, engine upgrades, right? From, you know, from Grand Theft Auto 2, which was 2D, to 3, which was on PS2, and then... And then four, which, you know, was the next console that, you know, I, I wouldn't blame them for biding their time until, you know, whatever new console was coming out, not the Wii U, but, you know, the, the Xbox 720 or the PlayStation 4 or whatever, you know, it's going to be. Yeah. So, man, it's throwing everybody off. I'm looking now. It's pretty impressive how fast the the series came out with. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 coming out in 2001, Vice City coming out the next year in 2002, right? and then San Andreas coming out two years later. That is weird, right? That's pretty... I, I mean, I didn't really think about it at the time, but that's a pretty quick turnover rate. Yeah. Well, then from 2005 up until 2008, that was three years while they were you know building up the new tech. Yep. yep. Hmm. That's cool. I'm glad you liked it. Did you have anything else? Um... No, it's, I mean, it's worth playing if you guys, if anyone out there has played Grand Theft Auto 4 and were kind of disappointed that it wasn't like the previous iterations. Right. You know, it's, it's only like, what, 15 bucks on the on the, on the the networks? Yeah, I think it's pretty cheap. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, it's worthwhile. Cool. Uh, did you have another game? That is, unfortunately, it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. This past week was weird for me um because i've been playing something for a different uh project um so i I don't want to talk about it here because i'll talk about it on there uh that that won't be uh you know a regular practice for this but uh i have been playing a lot of ios stuff um for my for my ipod okay um you know iphone os whatever you call it i don't know so i'm gonna pull this up and take a look at it um last week final fantasy tactics war of the lions came out for uh, iphone and ipod touch and uh it is pretty cool uh not so much because you know it's a great port it it runs quite slowly on my ipod i think i have one of the like one of the earliest ones that are even still supported by it um so you know it runs a bit slow if i had a newer one it would probably look a little look and run a little bit better but it's final fantasy tactics and that is an amazing game <laughs> and the uh just you, you you can't change that you know a, a little bit of a dip in the frame rate that's not that's not you know too huge of a uh, too huge of a sacrifice it it chews through battery like a motherfucker but <laughs> um but yeah, it's it, it's it's uh it's it's Final Fantasy Tactics. Did you ever play that at all? I didn't. What always turned it off to me was the name because I felt like it was like practice how to fight in Final Fantasy is what I always assumed the game to be, and I was like, I don't want to do that. I, that's that's <laughs> that's part of the game. But I have, so that was my prejudice towards the game. Okay. But I, I have no idea. What, so I have no idea what the game's about or anything like that. Oh, uh, it's uh it's it is a turn based strategy game. 
Okay. And, you know, like, you know how in the regular Final Fantasy, you have your, you know, party of dudes and they kind of stand in one place and they just kind of exchange blows turn by turn. Yes. In, in, in this, you actually have like a battlefield. So like you're in a town and it's, it's, you know, cut up into, into grids and you can control like, okay, this person's going to be a black mage. This person's going to be a white mage. This guy's going to be a knight. This one's going to be a thief at the most basic. It gets up into weird stuff like chemists and, and, uh, like time mages and geomancers and like even like mathematicians and dancers and stuff uh, okay yeah and yeah mathematicians <laughs> well mathematicians they like they like look at okay what is every like everybody's like agility score based on this and then it targets you know everybody on the field who matches those parameters with something so if you actually know how to use them the mathematicians or calculators or whatever they call them in this one actually since it's the psp port they changed all the people's names or all okay. the all the class names, so it's difficult. Uh, but uh, but yeah, they can actually be one of the more uh, formidable things because you can actually just be walking death with that because you can hit everybody on the board. Um, so it's it, to call it chess would be a little bit you know it's it's not like it's not exactly like that. But you know you're controlling movements and you know uh like where you're standing in relation to somebody, it'll it'll affect the amount of damage that you uh, do. Mm-hmm. So. It's good. You know, you spend more time out of combat than in combat because you are spending job points that you get by doing actions to, you know, uh, unlock new skills. And as you, as you unlock more skills in a different, in a different class, you know, you, you open up new classes. So you're really kind of like building and formulating and pruning your team, which is pretty neat. Okay. And it's all, you know, it's handled pretty well. Um, everything's said and done. Uh, I, I have to say it's, I still haven't entirely gotten used to the touch, uh, aspect of it but at least as far as like selecting uh targets it's it's pretty good okay yeah. it sounds it sounds like it has a little bit it's a little bit in the same vein of mass effect uh two the idea of building up your team and pruning it as you said but is that at all near the truth or <laughs> this gives you so much more um you know control than that okay. uh, which you know is not to say it's better like oh mass effect no i mean mass effect really your your customization uh, it, it, it boiled down to like, I'm going to spend my, my resources on this upgrade, which will more than likely just affect this one character. But mm-hmm. since I use Morden a lot, it makes sense that I would, you know, I would beef him up or, you know, you, you, you get enough points and you level up and you decide, okay, am I going to put it, you know, am I going to put this in, you know, warp or into pole? Yeah, any of those. Yeah, uh, yeah. Where, whereas this is more like you, you start out with a basic unit, and from that point you can take them to be anything and you know serve any role, either physical or uh, you know through spell casting or items or stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So so it really is you know whereas most other games except for like maybe five and maybe you know maybe eleven, but who plays eleven? Um, <laughs> zing zing. I have I know of at least three people who listen to this that play Final Fantasy eleven. So that was just for them. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, this is the one that gives you the, the kind of the most uh, the, the most ability because most other Final Fantasy games they just kind of like they they put different characters into different roles because of narrative reasons. Like ooh she's the she's she's the chick so she's going to use a staff and use white magic. Ooh he's the snarky guy so he's going to be a thief you know this you know you really have a lot of control over that okay and the the translation is so much better the translation in this version because it's the psp version which is which is important because the plot is now sensical (laughs) as opposed to nonsensical so it's 16 bucks uh which is uh you know, if 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 it were a a 360 game, it would be a 360 game that costs four hundred dollars. 
Are you um, serious? Why? No, just in comparison, because most mo- most uh, most uh, uh, games are like a dollar, two dollars, and this is just way so just so much more. But considering how much game is there, for me, it's worth it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, what else was there? There, this one. There's not much to say about it, but there's Cut the Rope Experiments. Um, it is a sequel to the original Cut the Rope, which is a game where you have a piece of candy that's suspended by some ropes, and there are obstacles, and it's physics based. So you cut the ropes in certain ways so that it falls into the monster's mouth. Because hey, monsters like candy, right? Yeah. And there are different things like you know, like they'll go into bubbles, and you can blow them around. Um, it's really addictive uh, rather addicting i've played um, that before yeah. you have yeah i have uh what, what the experiments add um there there's there's one set of puzzles that's kind of like a primer on like the old uh function you know the, the old uh ways of doing things which is actually interesting because you know they cover all of the techniques from the first game and the first you know couple puzzles so after that it's all new ground um the other ones uh there, there are special little widgets that you press that'll shoot uh ropes into the thing so it becomes a timing uh game so like a piece will drop and you have to wait until it's the right distance away to hit it so it'll swing in the right trajectory and so okay okay then there's uh then there's another one that does a lot of timing stuff it's suction cups um so it'll actually be you, you know you can actually move it. So as you let stuff drop, then you tap on the suction cup itself. So it'll kind of glom onto the background and then stop there and then you can blow it. Um, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah, cut the rope experiments for, for a dollar. You can't really go wrong. Um, and then the final one that I'm going to talk about, um, it's called fighting fantasy, um, death trap dungeon. Now what this is, it is a, uh, it is a, a, an alliteration game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> FFDD. Right. Um, I didn't notice that. So you, you're good. You get, you got me. Um, no, what it is, it is, a, it is an app, um, adaptation of an old game book. So think Dungeons and Dragons that you play with yourself. Um, as if that could get any sadder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't the one to have to say it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, no, so, so I saw it was like three bucks and I was like, I, you know, I kind of like this stuff, you know, the, the whole, you, you step into a dark room. What do you do? Kind of, kind of things. Yeah. Um, and literally everything you do in this game, it can kill you. Like even so, like I had one thing where like, it's like one of your fellow travelers you see his backpack on the ground do you rummage through the backpack for supplies thinking okay i can get some useful stuff in here it's like oh black widow spider bites you you lose you know eight health and your skill drops (laughs) so it's like and then you're pretty much boned um so it really is you know trial and error it's the kind of thing where it really behooves you to sit down with some graph paper uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's that kind of thing. Um I can't say I'm in love with it. Um except for the fact that it does kind of remind me of these kind of old school, you know, hyper punitive adventure games. Um yeah. the writing, you know, is okay, but like I said everything is trying to kill you. Functionally it's okay, it kind of like works like it's like a cross between an ebook reader and like a dice rolling simulator because you know like when you when you check for certain things like whether or not you hit an enemy or whether or not you defend from a blow or whether or not you're lucky uh-huh. as opposed to like in, in the old game would be like okay roll the dice and then reference it with what you're doing so you're playing with yourself whereas this kind of like keeps you from being able to cheat and like you press the button it rolls it does all the math for you decides all this you know and keeps track of your stuff so actually this is like much more ideal than having a book that does it but uh really is a throwback to the to the olden style of things yeah so, so there's like a whole series of them but 
How do you like it overall? That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Something to fill the time. <laughs> right, right. You know, just until Mass Effect Three. <laughs> I am, I am, I am the Walking Dead until Mass Effect Three. <laughs> just, just looking for distractions until yeah. then. Um, I'm also playing The Sims Three Late Night, uh, continuing from last week. Uh, moved into a bigger apartment. Um, let me see here. I am now. I, I, I have ten best-selling books. It's 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 funny, <laughs> uh, and I used up some of my lifetime achievement points to uh, purchase a robot friend. Well, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you can get a simbot. You know, if you're an inventor, you can build one, or if you get enough lifetime points, you can buy one, and it moves into a your robot. house. And, yeah, and it's like it's a it's a fully controllable, uh, fully controllable robot. Uh, she's a kleptomaniac. Oh, um, so she steals from you? Yeah, well, not from me, but whenever I have to I have to keep an eye on her. Um, and she, I, because I have her doing inventing, and because after after you you know kind of like rack up enough skill in inventing, you, you can blow things up for scrap, as opposed to going to the as opposed to going to the uh, to the junkyard to dig to dig around for scrap metal or for purchasing it, which is really expensive. So you know, like you can you know go to a safe place and set down a bunch of stuff that you salvaged and blow it up. But the problem is, if you kind of let the robot people or even an inventor, but because they're a robot, I think they're more they're more prone to it. Um, they'll start destroying things and blowing things up on their own for scrap. So like I sent I sent her to a consignment store to uh to uh um sell some of the stuff that she made mm-hmm. and uh i kind of i went back to my to, to to the other character that i'm playing and uh i saw like a little alert that said blah 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 this you know this this simbot of yours is uh has been seen destroying things i went back the entire like everything in the store was blown up and and, and she was going around and picking up little piles of scrap so <laughs> I think that the computer had it destroy something and because, you know, the size of the explosion isn't, uh, isn't really, you know, stable (laughs) as it were, um, it blew up everything in the store. Same thing with the junkyard. I tried to blow up the big, uh, the big junk pile and it actually ended up destroying all of the cars and the cash register and all of that. So I was like, I might as well take the scrap and run. (laughs) That was a good haul, but (laughs) Are there any police in the Sims game? Um, like they can't take you to the jail, but you will be fined. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah. So you know, continuing Sim stories, I'll probably you know tell those as they go on because they're fun. It's kind of like telling stories about like civilization, like oh, I outlawed religion and my people revolted and I put them down. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not afraid of genocide anymore. <laughs> Yeah, just you know, just but that that that's where that kind of game and that game specifically really excels is because it really is about making your own story, and yeah. you know, there's cool little narratives you can make. Same thing with like Elder Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. So that's my games. You just want to wrap it up? Uh, Make it a shorter episode? Or is there something on your mind? Well, I mean, you know, there's always something on my mind. <laughs> I want well, to, I want to, I kind of want to talk about games coming out. And I mean, this doesn't necessarily need to make it on the podcast, but. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. Come here. So like what games are coming out in the next, let's say one and a half months. The next one and a half months. The big ones would be, um, Deus Ex. 
that that's coming out, I think, in like a week or two. Um, and then in September, we have Gears 3, but that's not really pertinent to you. Or you. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Um, no, no, I don't take offense to that. Uh, but uh, So and, there's... A, you know, I, that, that's I, it. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to interject something. On the Deus Ex website... It, you know, like it says like enter your date of birth, uh-huh. and the the date that it starts out with is 2027. I thought that was kind of cute. Oh, that's kind of cool. I like that. That's where the that's when the game takes place. Oh, that, it's that near in the future? Well, I guess I think it would so. Be. Yeah, yeah. Because because it's a prequel to the first Deus Ex. What about a uh, what about a uh, Dead Island? You know, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't think that that's not going to be nearly as good as people think. I know there's a lot of buzz for it. There's a lot of buzz. I'll give I'll give them some credit that for initial trailer, trailer that they put out that was amazing. Yeah, but notice there was no gameplay in that. Yep. You know, you know, and, and you know the gameplay that I've seen. I understand the whole you know oh it's Left for Dead Rising, but I, <laughs> I have I have four words for you. That will that will tell you like why I don't have any hope for this, and I will be very surprised if it ends up being good. Okay. Call of Juarez Cartel. Okay. Okay. The same team that did that game, which was an abortion in every sense of the word, not just like <sighs> oh something terrible, but like literally they like it was put out basically put out of its misery before it was ready. Yeah, you know, just like it was an incomplete game, and they put it out, and just nobody liked it. It didn't sell. This this the same team that did that is making Dead Island. This 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 Swedish team. Yeah, and I think that the majority, the majority of the of like the people who are excited for 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 Dead for Dead Island, they only like it because it's another zombie game. <laughs> you know, yeah. and and that's. It's something that I say, you know, half joking, half seriously. If you want anything that you're doing, whether it's a cute little, you know, song that you're making for YouTube or, you know, if you're writing a book or if you're writing, you can almost guarantee at least, you know, a, a certain audience of terrible people just by putting zombies in the title or by putting, you know, making the subject matter about zombies because it's become like this cultural shorthand for like, ooh, this will appeal to nerds. Yeah, and people see that and it's like, oh, that's something that's safe for me to say that I like, you know. And so gotcha. let's put it out there. I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying this because I know that you played and liked Dead Dead Rising, and I know that you're a big Resident Evil fan. Um, same with me, I like Resident Evil, but but it's just there, there, there's this whole thing which is just kind of like, oh, like all I have to do is like look at the App Store. Just look at, just because it has zombies doesn't mean it's good, right? That yeah. that, that, that that's that that's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I've I've read a couple of chapters of World War Z. It looked okay, you know. Um, but George Romero is not God, and <laughs> that to me strikes of both you know it reeks of both laziness on laziness and cynicism on the on on the part of the content creator because like again cultural shorthand, and also you know laziness on the hands of the consumer, which is this has zombies, so I like it. It's very much the same as ooh, this has military guys shooting brown people, so I like it. <laughs> whether it's about movies or video games or something like that just not interesting yeah I, I used to be a big i used to be a big believer in you know the the, the horror genre and you know you know even like zombie movies to to a certain extent this is allegory you know it's like all good sci-fi is you know it's not talking about like the future but it's talking about now 
you know, like okay. cat, like Cat's Cradle, sci-fi story, one of the best, one of the best books ever written. That is not a book about you know banana republics in the Caribbean. It's not a book about Ice Nine and the world ending. You know, it's a book about the creation of the atomic bomb. You know, yeah. <laughs> kind of really, we kind of ran away from your initial question, um, and probably made it to some people angry. I don't know. Did I make you angry with that? Was I me? Yeah. No. Okay. So Dead okay. Island. I don't know. I, I just I haven't seen anything out of that that I mean, are you excited for it? No. Okay. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I talked you out of it. I talked you out of it. No, and I'm and I'm <laughs> whenever I say something like that, whenever I say, Oh, that's gonna be bad, know that I I I, I want to be pleasantly surprised. I want to be proven wrong because I don't yeah. like bad games. I think bad games are bad for us. Um, except for when they're good for us, you know, and that like, Oh, we should never do that again. But, uh, there's a certain amount of zombie saturation. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the recent years. Yeah. You, you, you sound like you're about to ask, like, give me an example of when a bad game could be good for us. Yes. Okay. Um, I, 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 as you know, I'm a big fan of terrible survival horror games Mm -hmm. and I will play them. A, because I like the genre and I like the stories and I think the worse a game is, the scarier it is because like, oh, this is broken or this is just weird or this is so off to the fringes that they're not, you know, afraid to take some kind of risk. But by playing those and seeing like, oh, this is such a terrible, they made such terrible decisions, it makes it makes it easier for me to identify when somebody makes a good decision because, oh, they actually have like reasonable checkpoints or, oh, this this scenario design or this this puzzle was well thought out out you know yeah. when when they when they do do it right so when i say that a bad game can be as good or as worthwhile to play as a as a good game it's a you know it's a it's an you know it's contrast right yeah 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 so that like you know then there's the perennial example which is uh deadly deadly premonition which is by all rights a terrible 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 game which i could be accused of liking it because it's so bad it's good but i think that i ultimately like it because they knew it wasn't going to do well, so they felt kind of free to make it as wacky and off the wall as possible. And yeah. just the 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 the, the, <laughs> the fact that they didn't have anything to lose really really made for some interesting tone shifts. And you know they they put shaving into the game for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, that was episode number 124 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games. So what can the uh, what can the listeners do? They can go to duckfeed.tv, uh, find old episodes of the show. We recently redid some stuff there, so we're better tracking the downloads. So I know what you're doing. Um, but while you're there, you can also find our iTunes listing and leave us a review. We haven't had one for a little bit, so hey, you know, we're due, I think. Uh, just, uh, in, you know, if not, then just click click the five-star button and be on your way. It doesn't take a lot of time. Um, what else can you do? Oh, um, there is another uh, podcast that's going to be added to the rotation here. I don't know if I've talked to you about this, Ben, um, but I'm going to be doing it with Gary Butterfield of the Dead Idea of Valhalla podcast. You can check that out at deadideavalhalla.com. Um, it's going to be called Watch Out for Fireballs. Okay? Okay. And it's going to be about retro games. So think of it as a game club kind of thing. Uh, every two weeks, we're going to be selecting a game to uh, play through and talk about it for a half an hour. 
and uh, then put it out. But the cool thing is you can participate. So there's going to be a Facebook page up soon, maybe by the time uh, maybe by the time this episode goes out. But you should know that the first game that we're going to be playing is Mega Man X. <gasps> came out in 1993. Um, it is available on Super Nintendo. It's also available on Virtual Console. And there is the Mega Man X collection that is available um, on PlayStation 2. You can get it at GameStop for $19.99. Um, but if you already own that game, or if you've played it, or if you have thoughts or memories of having played it, um, keep an eye on DuckFeed.tv for a way to contribute that um, to the discussion. All right? So, yeah, watch out for fireballs. That will in no way interfere with, you know, DTR, which is going to be added to the stable. And I, I only mention it here because there's obviously some kind of audience crossover between the two of them. So go and play Mega Man X. It is an amazing game and uh, contribute to the discussion. I think that's all the homework. Can you think of anything else, man? I I don't know anything about homework anymore, oh, so okay. <laughs> I'm at a loss. Okay. Uh, most of all, just tell your friends, you know, DuckFeed.TV, it's growing. Um, it is uh, definitely one of my main projects now that I'm having some life changes. So, uh, you know, we want to get as many people on board and, uh, yeah, spread the joy. <laughs> that's, uh, that's all I can say. So for Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, this is Cole Ross. Ben Merkel. And uh, Play Mega Man X. It's good. <laughs>